Welcome to the Mustang United Methodist Church podcast. My name is Aaron Tiger. I'm the pastor, and we are so glad that you have chosen to listen to our podcast here today. We hope that this serves as a time of encouragement and growth for you, and we would love to see you on Sunday mornings to worship with our entire church family at 8.30 or 10.50. The sermon you're about to hear is entitled Making Space, and it was preached on August 4th. in our service in which we hear the reading of God's Word. Today our scripture comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, verses 7 through 13. This is the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, verses 7 through 13. Let's give our attention to the reading of God's Holy Word. Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat it. They said to him, Where will you have us prepare it? He said to them, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house that he enters, and tell the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished. Prepare it there. And they went and found it just as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You all may be seated. Let us pray. So Lord, we do pray. We pray that from the reading of the word, from the your spirit that is active among us and in us. And Lord, as we prepare ourselves and our hearts to partake um, in your supper, Lord, may you speak to us in each and every one of these ways that we may be people who offer your generous grace and love to others. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Have you ever felt that when you walked into a room, you didn't belong there? Or that maybe everybody else seemed to fit in, but you didn't seem to quite fit in. I know uh, uh, one time my family and I, we went to a restaurant. Maybe you've had this experience as well. You've walked into a restaurant and you get there and you wait at the host stand, but nobody is there to greet you. And, uh, and everybody is, you see people that are working there talking to one another. And you're like, I'm here to pay you money if you will just come and, and talk to me, Right. Um, there's something that just feels so good when we have good hospitality. Um, whenever we walk into a place and we're unsure, but we feel welcomed. They're probably one of the most nerve-wracking places that I can remember walking into is the high school lunchroom, right? Maybe some of you have had this experience. Now, the, the first day of school was always a nerve-wracking experience because you were going to make a decision that was going to last the whole year. Because I don't know about you, but where I sat the first day of lunch ended up being where I sat the rest of the year. Now, no lunchroom was more nerve-wracking than my freshman year. Um, we had just moved from Enid to Owasso, and so I walked into school, and I knew some people because I had played football, and so I, um, over the summer, had workout with some folks, so I, I knew some people, and um, there were some people at, at church, but I, I sort of wondered, where am I going to sit where do I belong? And so I walked into the lunchroom that first day and just looked for anybody I knew. Thankfully, I found a friend of mine. He played football and was at the church. So it was like one of the people I knew best already. His name was David, and I asked him, can I sit with you? 
And, uh, and so sure enough, we sat in sort of this back corner table. Now, this ended up being the strangest table I've ever sat in my entire life. And it was the strangest table that we sat with for the whole year. So David and I, in some ways, were, were pretty similar. We both played football, both went to the Methodist church. But everybody else there was quite different um, from, from us. There was a gentleman named Buddy. I don't know if his name was actually Buddy or if that's just what everybody called him. I, I, I don't know what Buddy is doing today. Um, he grew up very different than I did, and uh, he said things that I didn't say. But, but Buddy sat at that table, and we became friends that year. Um, there was a, a guy named Shane. Now, Shane, too, was different than us. He ha- he's involved in a different career currently than I am. He has grown and sold marijuana in Colorado for years, is what his career was. And so me and David and Buddy and Shane, and then Shane's girlfriend, Bobby, started coming um, uh, to, to there. And there was this other girl named Megan. And we sat down, and we were our table the entire freshman year. Sort of this misfits all fitting together as we had this holy experience of eating lunch and playing spades every day my ninth grade year. And it was one of the places that even though we were so different, we yet all felt at home there at that lunch table. And so I I walked in and I wondered, is there room for me? And what I found is that at a place, there was room for me and that I did belong at that table. And I think so often we've had this experience when we've walked into a place or walked into a room, we've asked, do I belong there? Is there room at the table for me? Is there room at the pew for me? Is there room in this office for me, in this classroom for me? As I was getting ready for this, I thought of this scene from Forrest Gump. Maybe you remember it. Forrest gets on the bus for the very first time, and as he's walking up the bus, there's different people that say, seat's taken. You can't sit here. Seat's taken. And then young Jenny says, you can sit here if you want. And I think that somewhere in this idea of hospitality and in the church, the idea is that you can sit here if you want, that there is place for us, that there is a place for guests and there is a place for strangers, and that God invites us to be people of hospitality. Now, during this month, my working definition, and I say working because I might change it over the month, but this is my current definition of Christian hospitality, is that Christian hospitality is creating space for people to have a transformational encounter with Jesus Christ. That Christian hospitality is creating space, making room for people's lives to be transformed as they encounter Jesus Christ. It is Jesus who can transform hearts and lives. It is not you and I. God is the one who is at work. But we can make space for holy moments, for people to encounter God and to sense that Jesus loves them in a real and tangible way. Now, I'm a a believer that that no good sermon just comes from me alone. Um, But this one, uh, this whole series of sermons is greatly impacted by a book um, called The Hospitable Leader, written by a gentleman named Terry A. Smith. Um, And so I've been reading this book. I heard a podcast with Terry Smith that was very influential 
and really sort of shaped this whole series. And so if you are a reader, I would encourage you to, to get this. In fact, we're going to order some copies, um, and we'll have them here probably by Tuesday if you want to come and come by the church and, and pick one up. Um, but it's really a great book that frames Jesus' leadership and thus our leadership in the context of hospitality. And so I commend this book to you and to us as a community of faith as well. Because in there, he reminds us that we are called to make room for others because Jesus has made room for us. Now, I began to ask myself, what is it that prevents me from being hospitable to others? Why am I sometimes hospitable to people, but other times I'm not so hospitable? Or what is it that gets in our way? Now, the first thing that I thought about was this idea of inwardness, all right, that, that I am looking inward at my own needs um, or my own desires instead of looking outwards towards others, or I'm more focused on the insiders in a room than I am on the outsiders. I mentioned that experience of walking into a restaurant and watching the people who are working at a restaurant talk to one another instead of engaging with their guests who have just walked in the door. And there is something that is profoundly wrong and sad about that as we sit there and think, you're supposed to take care of me. And I think sometimes the thing happens with us as well is that instead of looking outward in terms of people who need hospitality, it's really easy for us to be inward either in our own needs or I think it particularly dangerous in the, in the church is, is we're, we're so excited to see one another um, that sometimes we can so focus on each other that we forget to look out and to see those who might be outsiders in our own community. Now the other thing that, that gets in our way, I think, is this idea of clutteredness. I don't really think clutteredness is a word um, because when I wrote it, it had a little red squiggly line under it. Um, but I think you get it, right? That, that we have our lives are cluttered. Um, now this can happen in physical spaces and as you're gonna see here, physical space matters a great deal in hospitality, all right? And so if you were to walk into my office right now, I still have boxes in my office and so it doesn't feel like this warm and inviting space, all right, because it feels cluttered, but also um, our time or our mind can be cluttered. And so instead of truly being present with somebody in the moment, we're already thinking of all the things that we have to do instead of being with people. And so what prevents us from making space is clutter that fills up our hearts and our lives. And so it is this story, I think, that really helps us to, to help us to see differently about how to prepare ourselves for guests, because Jesus provides this great model through his last supper and through this time. Now, as Belinda was saying earlier, there was this man um, who, who did something extraordinary, right? Because here, a man who was carrying a jar of water, um, Jesus says, go find him and follow him into the house. And the scripture says in verse 11, the teacher says to you, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished, prepare it there. And they went and found it just as they had told them. Now, I, I sort of wonder this great hospitality that this man showed, and it showed this great physical preparation, that he had a space that was set aside for people to come, this guest room that needed to be there. I love the way that the message translation talks about it, that the place was swept and ready, that it was ready for guests. 
Um, my, uh, my wife's aunt and uncle, they, they, they built uh, their house that they, they built. They designed it so that it would be the place that their friends, that their son's friends would want to hang out because they wanted to be the place, the hospitable place for their kids and their kids' friends. And so they built this house with that in mind. And so part of hospitality includes a physical preparation that physically makes room for that. Now, the, the, the Last Supper, this holy meal that Jesus was going to have with his disciples, it needed to find this special dining hall, this room that was large enough for 13 people to have this holy and sacred meal. Now, houses, you may or may not realize, in those times, they looked a little bit differently. They didn't have all these 1,800 or 2,000 or 4,000 square foot homes with these big, large dining rooms. So to find one of these, particularly in Jerusalem, when everybody was wanting to, set, to have a Passover meal, would have been an extraordinary find. But Jesus found it. This past week, we, we went up to Eureka Springs as a family, and we, we did the Holy Land tour. If you've never been up there, I, I commend it to you to take the Holy Land tour and to do the Passion Play. And one of the places that they go on the Holy Land tour is to the upper room. And so I think I have a picture here of sort of what it would have looked like um, to be there, all right? Now, I thought about just writing this whole vacation off as a business trip because I showed you this picture, all right? Um, but I'm not going to do that. Um, but you can kind of see how, how spacious this room would have been um, in, in those days to have all this room. Now, this is most likely how the table would have been set up. There wouldn't have been the red chair there. That was for our host, all right? There wouldn't have been that tall red chair there. But this is a large room where Jesus could have his meal with his disciples. Now, you're going to notice that, that it was set up, and those, there are those bags. Those are actually bags with, they didn't have tables and chairs. They actually reclined. Um, and so they would have put their left arm sitting on one of those bags and reclined with their feet out, which is important later on for our story, um, as we're going to talk about in weeks to come, about Jesus washing his disciples' feet. But as you can tell, imagine you're Peter and John and you walk into a room and maybe not everything in the table was set, but you knew that this was the space that Jesus wanted for you. And so this is what we want to be as a church, is a church that, that communicates to our community and to guests that, that you belong here and that you are welcome here and that our building communicates that. We, we've been talking about how do we want our building to be used, and, and we want it to be a place where, where people in the community um, can use it, and we can be a ministry to other people. Now, we want to be this hospitable place, and we want people to be courteous guests of the space that we have. And so what does that look like for us to be a hospitable space um, for the, our community? And I think it's these things, that our, our building is going to be clean, our building is going to be safe for people, it's going to be a friendly building, inviting and warm and welcoming when you walk in. And it's going to be flexible to meet various kinds of needs for various kinds of groups, both in the church and outside the church as well. And what does it look like for us as a church on Sunday morning? We want to be a clean place. We want to be safe where, where people feel safe and they are safe um, here as well. We want to be friendly. Now, when I say friendly, I think sometimes friendliness can get in the way of deep hospitality because I can be friendly and keep you at an arm's length, but I really want to be welcoming and inviting and invite people into our community and into our spaces. And we want to be flexible so that we can meet various people in their various needs. 
And so here, this man who, who, who Jesus told his disciples to find, he had made these physical preparations for Jesus' last supper. Whether he realized it or not, he was this grand host for this holy occasion. He was somebody who was making space for Jesus to do his transformational work. But there was also a spiritual preparation that happened in this meal. And this was really the, the job of, of, of the disciples, was to prepare the Passover feast. Now this was a big deal. Passover was one of the biggest holidays that the Israelite people would have shared together. It was, um, it was a reminder of what God did in the Exodus when his people who were once slaves, they cried out to God, God heard their cry, and he set them free. And so on that night, when, when the angel of death passed over the homes, they left immediately, and they went and traveled the long way into the promised land. And so every year, just like every year we celebrate Christmas and Easter, every year they would celebrate Passover, and this was one of their primary feasts together. And there were specific things that needed to happen at the Passover feast. You, you wanted to come and everything be ready. Um, often it included the, the killing of a, of a lamb and getting the lamb ready. There were special herbs that, that needed to be done. You had to get things just right. And so that's what, what Jesus invited Peter and John to do. And he invited his most trusted disciples with this preparation that happens. And here's what I believe, is that Jesus entrusts his disciples, you and I, to make spiritual space for him to minister to others. That part of what he entrusts us to do as the people of God, as disciples who follow him, is to make space for him to minister to others. But so often in my own life, it is this idea of clutteredness that gets in the way. Um, I think I have a, I, I googled clutter, and I've come across this picture. Like, now some of you, you're like, well, this reminds me of my extra room in my house. And some of you are just panicked right now. You're just like, get that off the screen immediately. I just can't handle it uh, whatsoever. Um, I, heard a, I heard on another podcast that clutter is deferred decision-making. I love that sort of definition, that cluttered is deferred decision-making. That's the case in my office. It's like, ah, where are these books going to go? I'll worry about that later. They'll just stay there for right now, right? Um, now, this is the same thing. Sometimes my mind is spinning because I haven't made the decisions that I need to make. Sometimes my schedule is so full because I've, I've cluttered my schedule because I haven't said yes to the most important things. I haven't defined what is really most important and instead have let other people define my schedule, and I've cluttered it up. And I think here, one of the great acts of hospitality is that Peter and John, they made all the decisions, they set the table, they got everything ready, so that when Jesus came, they could just be and have this holy meal together. That as we saw in that picture earlier, everything was in order, and everything was in Place. And this is what Jesus invites us to do. And so maybe there are some of us in this room who the reason why we are not very hospitable is because our lives are so cluttered. We can't invite somebody into our home because our homes are full of stuff. We can't invite somebody into our schedule because our schedule is so full that if somebody, God sent us somebody, we'd say, well, maybe um, three weeks from, you know, 
January next month, um, we might be able to put something on the calendar way out then. Do we have room for people? And do we have room that if God was to send us somebody today, that we would just be able to sit and to be present with them? And maybe are we so busy on Sunday mornings trying to get stuff done or, or just getting here that we don't have time just to be together? One of the things I enjoy particularly about you all in the early service is some of you get here early. In fact, a good number of you get here early and you're just here and you're just present. And it's such a joy to see you all interact together. As I was talking about this last Monday with the, the staff, um, there was one other thing that really stood out about why we aren't very hospitable. And it's this idea of fear. That what really prevents us from making space for other people is that we are afraid of other people. Um, and, and, and in some ways, there's this good thing about it. Um, there's this idea of stranger danger, right? This is what they said. If, uh, stranger danger. That, that um, I think this is a good thing, that we do want to teach our kids that not everybody has their best interest at heart, and that we have to be careful, unfortunately, in our world today that, that there are people that, that are not looking to make the most of interactions, but are instead trying to take advantage of other people. And so it is okay that we sort of are cautious around other people, but I think so often we, as adults, we take this too far, and we see somebody who's different, and we're afraid of them just because... We're different. I think about this movie, Cool Running. Some of you may remember this. It's about the Jamaican bobsled team. And, and, uh, and, and people in the movie, they sort of cast them as the other. And, uh, and there's this line, and I just remembered thinking about it. We're different is what he told people. And people are always afraid of what's different. And this is, I think, so true in our world today. We live in such a divisive world because people are different. And instead of us moving towards people who are different than us, we move away from them, and we are afraid of them. And so we refuse to show hospitality because we've cast them as an other instead of recognizing the strangers among us. Now, I, I came across a verse one time, and, and let me tell you how I came across it. There was a Bible that was left. Um, my wife and I were worship chapel interns at Oklahoma City University. And, um, and so we had, we had this guy by the name of Kyle Dillingham who, who played the violin. Some of you may know Kyle. If you know Kyle, um, he's one of the best violinists, uh, the best musician I've ever been around. And uh, I helped lead worship, and it was great when Kyle played because uh, he just would show up and could just play, just pick it up instantly and had this feel for the music. And so there was this Bible that was left at the end of chapel one time, and, and so we went to it, and, and you know, you try to find out whose Bible it is. Um, and so this one had, uh, had some notes in it and other things, and so I opened this Bible to Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. And this is what Kyle's Bible said. It says, let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitalities to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. And now if you know Kyle, and if you've met Kyle, you feel like you're a friend of his. Because he's just this most warm person. If Kyle was to come in, and he'd come in on a skateboard, because um, that's what he does, um, that, that he would come in on a skateboard, and you would instantly feel this connection. And one of the things that people would say about Kyle is that he's never met a stranger. Because everybody to him is a potential friend, or maybe even an angel. And so when I opened that Bible and I saw that verse highlighted, 
And then we found out that that was Kyle's Bible. I thought, of course. This is not just any old Bible verse. This is what he believes deep in his heart. That when he brings his violin or when he engages with people, that he may be entertaining angels unaware. Now God's call for us is to love one another, let brotherly love continue, but also to love the stranger. Now in this book, The Hospitable Leader, um, he has a great definition of stranger, and this is what he says about a stranger. A stranger is anyone who seems strange to you or to whom you may seem strange. Anyone who seems strange to you or whom you may seem strange to them. Now, I, I, did the, I calculated it last night. I have lived in 10 different cities in my 35 years of life. Everywhere I go, there are wonderful people who are all very strange. <laughs> Every place I go to has their weird particularities, their weird cultures. They have things that are different. I have met a variety of people we are all strangers, and we are all strange. You all do things that are strange to me. We hold hands at the end of church. It's still strange to me. But God is in the midst of that. And here's what I've known as I've moved around, is that each and every person that I've ever engaged with teaches me something. Their life experience, the way they see the world, the way they have been formed by God is a gift to me. Now, the word angels also is the same word for messengers. And what Terry says in the book, and, and, and what I want to commend to us, is that often strangers can be messengers of God to us. That the people who are the most different from us can be the people who can teach us the most about who God is often. And so to be hospitable is to welcome strangers, is to entertain them, is to be in relationship with them. And one of the things that I found is that I've opened my heart to the strange people of this world is that God changes mine. And that there is this beautiful thing happens when people who are strange to me I engage with, with genuine hospitality. I look at Facebook, and maybe you do as well, and maybe you look at it more than you should, as I do as well, and I think there are some strange people in this world. And one, sometimes I look at that and, and, I, and I see that we don't understand each other. And we don't, we, 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 how can you come to that conclusion? And I think the movement of God is to move towards people instead of away from people. It's easy to move away from people. But that's not God's way. And in fact, the people who believe differently, who think differently than I do, that I'm supposed to move towards. Because that's what God did for us. I love the scripture in Ephesians chapter 2, and it says this, Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You see, we could reach out to others who are strangers because we who have been strangers to God, that God moved towards us in Jesus Christ. And when Jesus had this holy meal and this holy supper, it was his way of saying, I am broken for you. My blood is shed for you. You are forgiven. 
No matter what you have done, there is a place at my table for you. And so the question is, is there room at God's table for you? The answer is yes. The answer is that you belong here with Jesus. No matter where you've come from, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've believed, no matter how you've reacted to somebody who's been different, you belong here because this is the Lord's table. And the Lord invites all of us to come and receive His grace. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. We're going to have a time of silent prayer and then I'll begin our communion liturgy. But let us focus our time of prayer on who are the people that God is calling us to move towards that we may be tempted to move away from. Let us pray. Lord, we are so grateful that you have moved towards us. And so, Lord, now we pray that we would be people who would be transformed by your hospitality so that we may be hospitable to those who are different and who are strange to us. So, Lord, speak to our hearts now about who those people are. Thank you for listening to the Mustang United Methodist Church podcast. We hope it has been encouraging for your faith and for your day. If there is ever anything that we can do for you, please feel free to reach out to us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. Thank you so much. We hope you have a wonderful day.